Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and I can't start today's show without talking about the ISO 10002. You know, some people just love to complain, but companies have a responsibility to care. The International Organization for Standardization, ISO, has revised ISO 10002, the standard for complaint handling. This document enables organizations to foster a customer-focused environment, open the feedback, heightening their customer satisfaction. You can get the ISO 10002 standard from the American National Standards Institute, ANSI, U.S. member body of ISO. Visit ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. That's ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special primetime edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 12 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs one-on-one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show this evening. Well, tonight, we're going to discuss franchising in the moving industry, and we're going to start our show with our latest podcast from our Great Quotes and Franchising podcast from Warren Gresham, who's in the Hall of Fame of Speakers. In part two, you're going to hear our interview with Dustin Black, and Dustin is the founder and CEO of Black Time Moving. And then in part three, you're going to hear our interview with Nick Friedman, the founder of College Hunks, Hauling Junk and Moving Franchise Opportunity. So stick around because we have a great show. Today's great quote in franchising is being brought to you by... Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems, which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free, no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, which podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting franchise interviews a very long time now, and during the years, we've had some incredible quotes on the show. Today, you're going to get to hear from Warren Gresham, and Warren has appeared on our show or our podcast three times up to this point. 
and he's in the Hall of Fame of Speakers, and he gives some really great advice to aspiring entrepreneurs before they start their business. Listen to what Warren said. Yeah, uh, Warren, uh, one, one of the areas you address when talking about entrepreneurship is the importance of disability insurance, uh, health savings accounts, and health insurance. Uh, I know my father-in-law was in the, uh, had his own um, insurance business, New York City, and um, and he always talked about the importance of disability insurance. So maybe talk about those couple things a little bit for entrepreneurship. Absolutely. You know, the, the, the thing about disability insurance, a couple of things about it. First, it's a must. It must if you're going to own your own business. Remember, one of, one of the big problems with owning your own business as opposed to working for a company is that you don't have a safety net. You know, when you work for somebody else, when you, especially when you work for a large company, they're going to supply you with health insurance. They're going to supply you with disability policy. They're also probably going to supply you with a small life insurance policy. But the second you leave that company, all that stuff is gone. And you're really going to need that disability insurance. And God forbid something happens to you and you're unable to work. Essentially, you're out of business. Well, disability insurance is going to give you an income. Now, remember something about disability insurance. Here's the important thing to remember. You cannot get disability insurance if you do not already have an income. And if you're first starting your own business, you're not going to have an income. So what I did was I knew I was going to go into my own business. So while I was working for somebody else and was making an income, I started buying disability insurance. Right. So while you're working, you must, you know, the whole thing about starting a business, if you're not planning ahead before you get into that business, don't go into business. You know, that's why I saved my money. That's why I bought disability insurance. I had disability insurance when I went into business because I knew once I started for the first few years, I wasn't going to be able to buy any more because I didn't have an income. I wasn't paying myself. Right, right, right. Now, so, so when you're working, buy as much as you buy. If you know you're going to go into your own business, if you have any desire or plans to do it, buy as much as you can. You know, insurance companies will only give you as much as your income allows. You know, you can't buy as much as you want. They, they judge it according to the amount of income you have coming in. Now, once my speaking business started to take off, and my, every time my income rose, I bought more disability insurance. Right. I got a ton of disability insurance. God forbid anything ever happens to me, I've got a nice income coming in every single month. Now, once I hit 65, uh, I'm not going to need it anymore. Uh, and they're not going to give it to me anymore either. Uh, the other thing about health savings accounts, you know, as a small business owner, uh, you, you're going to get really destroyed by health insurance. The premiums are, are, are monstrous. The right. costs are ridiculous. But you've got to have it. You can't afford to get sick. And you can't afford to let hospital and doctor bills put you out of business. Right. For, for years, I had uh, health accounts, uh, health insurance that were killing me. But, you know, when the health savings accounts came out, I realized and I went to somebody, you know, I always had a good insurance agent. That's another thing. You know, there's a lot of things you should skimp on as a small business owner. Watch your pennies. Watch your, watch your overhead. You know, things like long-distance telephones, you know, cell phone, plan, you know, all that sort of stuff. You know, overhead. Watch it. But the one thing you don't want to skimp on is expert advice. You've got to have a good lawyer, a good accountant, and a good insurance agent. You know, those people... Don't worry about paying them. You, you know, if you're going to, don't say, don't look to skimp on an accountant, a lawyer, or an insurance agent because you're going to end up with a crummy one. And a crummy one is going to cost you more than what you're paying out. So get good people. I have a great agent, and, and he advised me on the health savings accounts, found me someone to work with, and now I have a health savings account for my business. You know, it's a low premium, high deductible plan with great tax deductibility in it. It's the greatest tool for a very small business. And I'm a big believer in that. You should also have life insurance. You know, when you're in your own business, you want to protect your family, you need life insurance. But I cannot emphasize enough 
planning ahead and buying disability while you're still working and making a good income before you start your business because then at least you're giving yourself some sort of safety net. Don't allow catastrophic things beyond your control to put you out of business. Right. Such an important uh, point you bring up, especially something like disability insurance. No one's going to think of that. You know, no one thinks of themselves as getting sick. Everyone's trying to stay positive, starting a new business. But you, you know, got to set yourself up across the board, starting a business. Just not things like this. Putting together a business plan and sure. ca- calculating how long you can go. Uh, you know, before you make a salary. And, 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 and I'll tell you something: you're more likely to get hurt than you are to die. Sure. Right. So disability insurance is very important. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, that's what my father-in-law told me. It's it's. it's just as important, if not more, than having life insurance. Absolutely, and I have both. I, I mean, I've, I spend a big part. I spend a lot of overhead every year on insurance: life insurance, disability insurance, long-term care insurance, health insurance, uh, li- liability insurance. I, the, I, I am insured up the gazoo. It's expensive, but you have to have it. Right. Uh, Warren, the next question is: What, what advice do you give to an aspiring entrepreneur? Uh, who doesn't have a background in sales? Uh, you know, someone who's get one. not as good as get one. and I. Get one. Get All right. one. All right? I don't care if you don't have a background in sales. No one believes in you, your products, your services, and what you do more than you do. Right. I agree. You know, everybody wants to hire someone to sell for them. Well, let me tell you something. If you're starting out a new business, I don't care how good the salesperson you hire is, they're not going to do much business. And if they're not going to do much business, they're not going to make any money. If they're not going to make any money, they're going to leave you. Right, you're going to quit. You're, you're the head of sales and marketing. Be the head of sales and marketing. If you don't know how to sell, learn how to sell. Buy the books, go to seminars, listen to podcasts, listen to audio, uh, you know, listen to CDs, uh, watch DVDs, whatever it is. Get all the sales information you can and put it into practice. Become an expert in sales. Because you know, no one can sell who you are and what you do better than you can because no one believes in who you are and what you do more than you do. And I'll tell you what, you really think in your first couple of years in business you're going to get a salesperson who's going to really believe in who you are and what you do? I don't think so. So learn how to sell. And even when you get to the point where you can afford to hire salespeople who can do a good job for you... If you'd like to hear that whole show with Warren Gresham, all you have to do is go to FranchiseInterviews.com. Go to Franchise Interviews. From Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 12 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs of all morning. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. We're meeting with Dustin Black, the founder and CEO of Black Tie Moving. And Dustin is no stranger to the moving industry. From the time he was a child, Dustin worked in his father's moving company, learning the ins and outs of the industry, while also getting behind the curtain view of exactly who homeowners were trusting their belongings. Eight locations open and 24 new franchise territories under development. Black Tie Moving is rapidly expanding across the nation. We're going to talk to Dustin about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. Stick around because we have a great show. 
Are you one of those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand? The opportunity to take control of your future and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry, and there are Rita's in 23 states currently with 540 stores open. Rita's Italian Ice has been around for 25 years and is listed as a top-performing franchise by the Wall Street Journal. Now here's the really good part. Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. It's smoother than a snow cone, and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste, and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily, and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free, no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. Are you looking for a franchise that delivers? Businesses will always need shipping, and for more than 25 years, loyal customers have depended on Unishippers for reliable savings and exceptional customer service. Unishippers is focused on just one thing, helping small and medium-sized businesses save time and money on all their shipping needs. 
and is the largest reseller of complete shipping services in the country, we have the buying power to ensure that we succeed. The Unishippers franchise offers low startup costs, no equipment or real estate required because they're not retail, residual income, and a quality of life and work-life balance. For more information on becoming a Unishippers franchisee, go to www.unishippers.com and click Franchise Opportunities or call Franchise Development at 801-708-5822. That's 801-708-5822. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews, Franchise Interviews. Hi everyone and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 12 years now we've been asking the entrepreneurs one-on-one. I'm your host Marty McDermott, I'm the President of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. We're meeting with Dustin Black, the founder and CEO of Black Tie Moving. And Dustin is no stranger to the moving industry. From the time he was a child, Dustin worked in his father's moving company, learning the ins and outs of the industry, while also getting behind the curtain view of exactly who homeowners were trusting their belongings. Eight locations open and 24 new franchise territories under development. Black Tie Moving is rapidly expanding across the nation. Hi, Dustin. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much, Morty. It's a pleasure to be here, and I appreciate you having me. Oh, thank you, Dustin. This is my pleasure. You know, I was reading about your background and, 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 and your franchise opportunity. I said I had to have you guys on the show. We would like to ask our guests, where are you calling from this morning, Dustin? Yeah, we're, we're calling from Nashville, Tennessee. This is our corporate headquarters here. So we're, oh, um, we've been here for about three years. Oh, fantastic. Nashville is a great place, isn't it, Dustin? Yeah, we love it. You know, I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, and, and I grew up there. And after moving yeah. to Dallas uh, after high school, we, um, uh, you know, that's that's where I eventually opened Black Tie Moving. But um, about uh, I guess four years after uh, we opened in in Dallas, we decided mm-hmm. uh, that we wanted to make Nashville our, our home base and move our corporate headquarters up here. So we're we're loving that's every terrific. minute of it, and uh, it's been good to us. That's fantastic. You know, with your story, I mean, typically we say, okay, can you describe the history of black tie moving? But, you know, when I was reading about you, Dustin, I, I think we almost have to go back to when you were a kid, don't we? Because <laughs> that was kind of the sure, origin sure. of really real black tie moving to the beginning and, and talk about the evolution Absolutely. of this whole concept. Okay. Yeah, you know, so I started, uh, my father opened his first moving company when I was four years old in Memphis, Tennessee. Wow. And we, um, of course, uh, I didn't start moving furniture when I was four, but uh, <laughs> about the time I was old enough to carry a, carry a box, um, right. I think I was about nine or ten years old. He, wow. um, you know, he had me out on jobs helping out and, and obviously, um, you know, working in the, in the business and, and helping him out. So, you know, I got, yeah. um, I got a lot of great um, experience at a young age and, and my father was um, is, one, is one of those fathers that uh, he's he's very um, big on promoting hard work ethic you know even yeah. at a young age and and yeah. um, you know that's that's exactly what he did and boy what did he uh, did he drive that home because moving furniture is not an easy an easy job I can't imagine at a young age 
So, so whenever I was about nine or 10 years old, I started, I started helping him out in his business. And, you know, I played a lot of uh, baseball growing up. So in the summers mm-hmm. and, and every week and every weekend, you know, I would uh, continue to go out on, on moves and, and learn the operational side of his business. And, you know, through that time, it was um, an incredible learning experience because not only did I get to kind of see, I got kind of the behind the scenes view of what consumers get on a, a traditional moving day, if you will, right. um, not just from the process and, and, and the systems, but, um, but also from the people. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I just, you know, growing up in Memphis and, and my, my father was just like every other moving company, you, you know, um, at that time. I mean, this was, mm-hmm. you know, 30, 30 years ago, almost, <clears throat> you know, it, it really wasn't, there, there was no experience. It, it, it right. was really, hey, we're gonna we're gonna try to find, um, you know, the the only guys that we can pay ten dollars an hour to go move furniture right. in the hundred degree weather or, you know, sure. the, the freezing cold and and um, you know, it's the 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 labor pool was was um, you know it was filled with you know ex felons and, and mm-hmm. drug addicts and, and just, uh, you know, people that, that we typically would not want in our home. And, um, right. I didn't, I didn't really enjoy working next beside these guys. I, I almost, I grew up kind of despising the industry, um, because of the individuals that I worked around each and every right. day. And, you know, it was, it was one of those things that, you know, I knew what they were doing in the truck. I knew that they did the night before I knew what they did, you know, um, you know, they're, they're trying to ride the clock out and, 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 you know, tack on extra fees and charges just so, you know, they could get paid and, and tried to, you know, find ways to kind of get one over on the, on the consumer. And, and obviously, um, you know, I would go back and tell my dad about it every time. <laughs> so that none of them sure, like working with me very, very much. <laughs> but uh, one of those things that I, I really, you know, as I got into high school and, and uh, I mean, man, that's how I paid for my first car. You know, my dad said, wow. uh, you know, all my all my friends were, were you know parents were buying them uh, you know brand new trucks and all this stuff and my dad said well I tell you what son when I was 16 he said uh, he said you can work this entire summer and I'll match whatever you make moving furniture and wow. that's what you will go buy your car with and um, nice so that's how I took my girlfriends to the movies on the weekends that's how I paid for, <laughs> for everything that I did and um, you know he uh, you know he, so so I really didn't have a choice I, I didn't I didn't really enjoy it but it was the yeah. best money I could make you know, as a, as a high school, you know, uh, kid. So it was, um, you know, one of the, so whenever we, I graduated high school, I got, uh, my senior year, I got, um, I had a pretty bad knee injury, uh, tore my Mm -hmm. meniscus and my patella tendon and it put me out of, out of the game for good. And, um, Uh, my parents couldn't afford to send me to college. So I, um, you know, I had to, find something, you know, to go pro in besides baseball. And, and sure. uh, I was going to have to do it without a college education. So, you know, it, uh, it was, it was one of those things my dad, he said, well, son, I guess, you know, you can always stay here and run the family business. And, right. And I was said, absolutely not. And I ran as fast <laughs> as I could to Dallas, Texas. Um, wow. <laughs> and uh, so <clears throat> I got, I got into uh, property management, um, leasing apartments actually when I was, when I was 18 wow. years old. And um, I did that for a couple of years, and then I got a uh, a job in, in kind of like I guess the mailroom, so to speak, in in uh, right. the corporate world at, country, at Countrywide Home Loans, and sure. worked my way up through <clears throat> through uh, the corporate ladder, and um, 
and about uh, about two and a half years later, I became uh, the number one loan officer in the country for the largest wow. mortgage company in, in the world at the time. So um, <clears throat> that was kind of how I got out of got out of uh, you know running the family business for dad for, right. uh, <laughs> for that that initial uh, that that you know those those early years. And sure. you know, I started a career in, in mortgage, and obviously, you know, I, I did. Heck, we did about three hundred million a year in, in uh, home loan transactions. So obviously, I was wow. the kind of the expert advisor and the and, and the guy that was walking all of these consumers all over the country um, through this mortgage process and home buying process uh, with their real estate agents, obviously. And you know, you just I, I saw so many great real estate transactions, you know, mm-hmm. we, you know, obviously the home loan, um, you know, the home loan process is, is not always um, easy, but for the right. most part, right. you know, you, you kind of either qualify or you don't, and, you know, underwriting, uh, you know, can, can be tough at times, but, you know, it's, sure. a, it's probably one of the hardest, pro- you know, processes, um, you know, through that home buying experience, just kind of trying trying to figure out what you qualify for and what kind of home you can purchase and and uh, what kind of rate you're going to get, what your payments are going to be, and we would get you know these clients all approved for their loan and they would they would get moved into their their or they they would purchase their dream house, they would close right. on it, and then you know I would hear moving nightmares one mm-hmm. just I mean by the hundreds every month of people that were you know they really had their home buying experience um, kind of spoiled at the, right. at the very last, you know, uh, portion, which was obviously them moving into their new home. And, you know, this is something that um, it doesn't matter if you're moving into a million-dollar home or a $100,000 home. You know, it's, it's still all of your things that you've invested so much time and money in. And, um, you know, it, when, when people don't really care for, you know, your – your things or, or your home or, or have that respect right. for, you know, you and your family on such a stressful day, you know, it can, you know, really, you know, be the one thing that kind of makes that whole exciting, fun process, you know, um, end in, in a, you know, like I said, in a terrible experience with your move. So, you know, kind of over the years, I, I just kind of took note um, in the mortgage industry and, and um, you know, obviously I had a lot of real estate agents that sent me business and, um, right. I ended up I ended up uh, leaving and starting my own mortgage company back in 2008, and wow. uh, kind of when the mortgage crisis all when it, when everybody was running, I was getting I was going all in. Which I don't know <laughs> if that was the greatest idea, but <laughs> it, uh, it it worked out okay. We we ended up I partnered with a publicly traded company and, and opened my own uh, branch uh, there in Dallas, Texas. And about oh 18 months later, the company decided that they were going to sell and right. I was out of a job and wow. um, you know I, I, at that point I kind of um, you know I, I was I just got married I was my wife was pregnant with our with our first daughter and um, you know I kind of was just like man what what am I going to do I, right you know, the mortgage industry wasn't uh, as you know as profitable as it as it was in in the sure. early 2000s and um, you know we so I sent a, I sent an email out to my database of real estate agents, which was about twenty thousand real estate agents, and um, you know this was actually right after we moved into our first home our, that we built in Dallas, and um, you know I, I I was a pretty educated consumer in that sense. I you know I know I knew where to find you know their license and their insurance right. to make sure that 
you know, they were they were at least licensed in insurance and then went out and looked for their reviews. But I also sent a, uh, an email out to my database of real estate agents asking them, you know, do you have a moving company that you refer? If so, who? And if not, why? Mm-hmm. And uh, the feedback that I got was pretty astonishing. 93% of my database said that they did not have a moving company that they referred. That's incredible. So, going through that process and then, you know, so I hired kind of what I I found to be the, the best and, and the most experienced, the most reputable in, this, in the city of Dallas. They were the largest moving company. Um, I, won't, I won't say any names here, but they were the largest moving sure. company in our market and the largest uh, independent company in the U.S. And um, they came out and they had, you know, two beat up trucks and, you know, guys that, you know, were smoking cigarettes and not in uniform and, you know, right. just kind of looked like they crawled out of the federal penitentiary and that's sure. who I had invited into my home that uh, that morning to pack all of our, you know, our personal belongings and, and protect our furniture and, and transport it, you know, to our new home. And, um, wow. you know, it's, it's, it wasn't a, uh, you know, obviously that was kind of first impression, but as the day went, went, went by, they ended up damaging about $35,000 of my furnishings and um, damage to my new, new home that I had just built. And, oh uh, and about, oh, I guess it was three months later, I received a check for $236 as a, as a settlement. So oh it, it, as you can imagine, as a consumer, it just put an incredibly sure. bad taste in my mouth. And, you know, I, I kind of, I just looked at my wife and I said, there's, there's got to be a better way to do this. And um, obviously, you know, I kind of had all the technical skills via default, you know, growing up, working for my father and, and um, at this point, I, I kind of become more of a, a digital marketing um, expert with, um, you know, with Facebook for business and, right. and, you know, all these things coming out in 2010. That's kind of how I uh, differentiated myself as a mortgage banker uh, with my real estate um, network and, and professionals. I would teach them how to brand themselves and generate leads online in return. Hopefully, they would send me their, their business, Right. So right. I really um, I saw just a, an opportunity in the market, um, and I looked at everything that, that just as a consumer, I thought that it was missing. And, you know, really, um, it just kind of blew me away that, that these, you know, that, that there hasn't, hadn't been something, you know, created right. like this that really, that really con- a, a moving company that really concentrated on professionalism and customer service and, and um, transparency, you know, and, and really protecting the client from, you know, from, from the very first phone call uh, by giving them all the information that they need to know, not just what we wanted to tell them. Um, and, and also, you know, just hiring a different level of, of uh, labor to come out and perform, you know, these moving services on moving day. And I wanted to really create an experience for homeowners and consumers, um, you know, in, in Dallas uh, that, that, you know, they could be proud of and excited about and, and, um, I think, you know, I think that's what we've done so far, but um, it's, it's been a great ride. And, and uh, you know, it's just amazing to, to kind of see everybody that's involved in it now and, and uh, you know, how fast we've grown over, the, over our first six years. It's, it's just uh, a, a blessing from God, you know, first and foremost. But, um, you know, I just, we've got, a, we've got an amazing group of people, an amazing team around us that, uh, that help us, you know, bring this, this experience to life every day. It's, it's an amazing 
uh, story, Dustin. You know, I mean, I, I've done 600 and almost like 50 of these interviews, you know, and it's really an amazing story as, as, as you're telling it. You know, it's, um, I mean, you were truly able to, you know, satisfy this need in the market. It's amazing that nobody else really came forward and said, you know, this is a, a, a really big problem here in the United States, sure. probably even maybe in, in, in other countries, you know, and I, I guess that it, the personal experience, you know, that happened to you and your wife and your family, you know, when it, it didn't go so well, I mean, that was kind of like you said, it was almost like your sign from God, right, to saying, okay, this is where you got to go, you know, this is your opportunity, and, and you really took advantage of it, um, so it, it's, it's, it's really an amazing situation, and it is very stressful, you know, I, I thought, you know, we, last time we moved was 12 years ago, and, um, it was the same for us. I mean, it was just very stressful. You know, a lot of the, 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 as the story as you were describing it, I mean, it ha- some of those things happened to us as well. You know, sure. and you just think, well, okay, well, it's just, that's the way it is. And, you know, th- this is part of, you know, part of moving, you know. But how does, how does your dad feel today? I mean, that, that you're back in the business. I don't know if he's still here, but it, it, how does he feel that, that you're back in this industry? You know what, he's, um, I mean, he's just, he's proud of me. Um, I yeah. think that, you know, he knows that, um, you know, he, he knows that this is something that, you know, we've, our, our family's all kind of lived and breathed over the last, you know, 30 years. And, um, you know, he, he's actually one of my biggest competitors still to this day in, in our Memphis market, which is, which most people are like, man, <laughs> isn't, he, isn't he upset about that coming in? And, but, but no, you know, we're, we're very great. close and, and uh, you know, he's, he will, he will always be one of my best friends and he's been there to mentor me and help me along the way uh, in, in anything that, that I needed. So it's kind of, it's been great having, you know, that level of mentorship kind of through this process. And you know, just from the technical perspective, um, you know, I've, I kind of grew into the, you know, the sales and marketing and, and, um, and uh, customer service guy. But, you know, right. when it comes to, you know, actually the technical skills of, of moving, um, you know, expensive pieces or unique items or, um, I mean, man, we get thrown, we've, we've been thrown about every curveball that you could possibly be thrown after doing, wow. you know, I think we've completed over 60,000 moves today. And, um, you know, it's, it's always nice having, uh, having my, my father to kind of lean on whenever I need, of course. need something, uh, from a technical, technical skill perspective. And, and, um, but yeah, no, he's, he's great. He's actually about to retire. So I'll be, I'll be glad whenever, um, you know, I don't, I don't have to uh, compete against him anymore because he's, sure. he's, he's good too. That's, great. That's fantastic. You know, it was interesting, you know, in, in studying your, your, your business model, Dustin, I mean, there was a lot of things that really, I mean, stood out, you know, you were talking about customer service, you know, and, and I've always had the perception that, you know, once the, the, the service has been provided, then that's it after that. You know, I mean, you don't ever hear yeah. from the company again and they don't contact you, sure. but it, it really doesn't work that way for black time moving. It seems like, you know, you still have that relationship with the customer. You're still there for them, aren't you? After, after the transaction is taking place. Absolutely. That's important. So it? it sure is, man. You know, people at the end of the day, you know, as a consumer, we just want somebody who truly and genuinely cares about, right. you know, our experience, our service, and, and, you know, our furniture and our family, you know what I mean, if, if I'm a consumer in, in, in the moving industry. So, you know, we, um, in 2015, I designed a concierge platform that it's called Black Tie Home Concierge. We basically come mm-hmm. in and from the moment of the first phone call, when they call to book their move, we also set them up with our, our VIP concierge, which 
handles all kind of the you know the nagging tasks that that moving anywhere has to you know has to offer like you know shopping for your your utilities and connecting your utilities and and uh, right. best service providers and cable internet uh tv uh, security all of those things that we have to focus on when we're moving right it's not just the move we're having right. to literally you know, uh, transfer great. everything, you know, in, in our life from, you know, our, our creditors that we pay to, you know, obviously all of our utilities and, and um, phone, cable, internet, and things like that. So what, what our concierge does is we have uh, open API with about 34,000 um, providers, which is about 99% of everyone that's available at every address. And uh, our concierge basically shops for the best rate and connects these services for them, saving them about six wow, to eight hours beautiful. on the front end before, before we even show up to their front door on moving day. So that's, that's, um, that's something, yeah, and, and they still have this app and the, the home concierge app to kind of refer back to, you know, after they've moved in, if they need a landscaping company or insurance right. or, you know, if they want to, if they're looking for another, you know, um, you know, home expert, we kind of want to be that expert advisor within, you know, all of their home services, if you will. So we want to continue to serve them and, and help, you know, guide them through, you know, that, that home ownership process and what all the things that that brings even after, you know, even after we've moved them in and, and hopefully, um, you know, that, that drives enough value home that, you know, whenever they're ready to move again, they, they give us a call. So. That's terrific. I, th- I think those are wonderful services, Dustin. And it sounds like your movers are also um, employees uh, to, to, to the business as well. As you were saying, Dustin, I, I think you know I always had the perception that you know again it was a long time ago. But but the gentlemen that helped move us in, I mean, they could have been from anywhere and everywhere. You know, they yeah. were. I, I can't remember what they were wearing, but it seems like your employees are you know are wearing uniforms. You know, you know they're from black. Tie, Absolutely. You know, um, you know and, exactly. And that's, that's important to the customer, isn't it? It is. It is. You know, so I, you know, technically in, you know, the, the moving industry just traditionally has been a, like a big contracting game, right? Yeah, so, right. you know, they'll contract a, a driver out and, you know, the driver will go pick up labor, you know, day labor, right. so to speak, right. that aren't experts in moving furniture and the different techniques and the things that they need to know to, you know, protect the, you know, the homeowner's goods at the highest level. Um, I just knew in the beginning that, you know, I had to it, – it's great to put a fancy name on your brand and, and roll out a red carpet, you know, into the door and put tuxedo T-shirts on, on the guys. But right. if, if, if they're not, you know, if they're not – um, a, a higher level of, of labor and, and just, you know, um, if they're not trained in customer service and, and professionalism, that's the one thing that, you know, you, you really can't teach people. You, you know what I mean? I can't sure. teach you how right. to become, right. how, how to be a, how to be a great person. I can teach you how to become a great mover. Right. So right. that's really right. what we started hiring on early on. It's like, Hey, I just want good, honest guys that I can teach. They're coachable. And, you know, they, you know, we're going to hire on professionalism and customer service first, and then we're going to teach them to be expert movers. And you're right. All of our guys are employees, and, and you know, we, we have a lot more control that way, obviously, right. um, just as a corporation. And we're able, to, uh, we're able to create a much better culture and environment for these guys and also a career path. For them. So, you know, our guys have the opportunity to start out at movers, you know, without a college degree, obviously make 50 to $80,000 a year uh, on the high end if they, if they drive. And then once they're kind of, you know, 
once they've mastered that, um, now with an organization, their opportunity is to, you know, they want to go and they want to be assistant operations manager and grow into an operations manager right. after that and then move on to actually an operating partner in one of our corporate locations. So we call that, we call that um, kind of, that, that kind of process there, that opportunity to move to millionaire because we've already made movers millionaires just by providing them with equity, you know, in these locations that they go and they start up once we've kind of brought them through our organization, our process and our training model. That's amazing. The name is great too, Dustin. I don't know if you came up with the name black tie moving, but it does give you a, a certain image or perception, doesn't it? You know, when I hear Correct. it, I say, what, what a clever name. It's really fantastic. Yes. And that's, and you know, and that's really what we wanted you know, we wanted people to think, that, you know, of first whenever they were looking right. at our brand, you know, aside all the others out there in the market, you know, because we really do, um, you know, we, that's that's what we pride ourselves on is, is being the most professional and the most customer service oriented moving industry or, you know, moving industry um, professionals that are there not only to, you know, move your things from point A to point B without damaging them, but really create a, an, ex, an enjoyable experience you know, for you and your family, you know, throughout that moving day and, and just, um, you know, having those guys in, in, in your home that, that you like and that you trust, man, it just makes a world of difference on moving day. You've, you've had some pretty big names, too, as clients, too, Dustin. I was reading a little bit about that, too. I mean, that, that certainly doesn't hurt the business, does it? You know, I mean, using having those big names as clients, I mean, it says a lot about trust, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You know, we've, um, you know, I, I don't know if we kind of fell into that or, or not, but I think that, you know, obviously luxury homeowners and, and uh, even now, you know, celebrities have, have really uh, been drawn to the brand because obviously, you know, that's what they're looking for on, on moving day. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes they have a lot of incredibly expensive things that, that uh, you know, they're very nervous about. So, you know, they have, right. um, they, 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 they really have, you know, just kind of um, grown into raving fans of our business. And, I mean, it's, you know, celebrities like Carrie Underwood, Tony Romo, and Gary LaVox, the Rascal wow. Flats, and uh, Mookie Betts. Um, I mean, we've literally moved hundreds and hundreds of celebrities, and now we've got um, several of them are now partners and franchise owners uh, across wow. the country now. Cause after they experienced, you know, for, for example, Gary LaVox of the Rascal Flats, we moved him. He was one of our first moves in Nashville, and his wife uh, saw my truck moving me into our neighborhood. Um, you know, we, we moved here from Laguna Beach, California, about three years ago, and uh, Gary's wife saw our, our moving truck and was like, man, that's, that, that's the moving company that was on Million Dollar Listing LA that, that we saw. And they, were, wow. they had a move coming up, so they had their assistant uh, give us a call and and uh, we really we didn't even know that it was them that we were moving until moving day, and um, you know it was uh, it, you know it was very flattering that, that obviously they hired our services. But after sure. uh, we provided them this experience, we really kind of I, I fell in love with their family. I mean they were just such great people, and I've been a big Rascal Flatts fan um, wow. for a long time. It's my mother's favorite you know band of all time, and um, oh, at great. the end of the move. At the end of the move, we uh, we said, "Hey, you know, they were writing a check for for their move, and I don't remember what it was, but it was it was it was a, a lot." And right. um, and they uh, and I said, "You know, hey, I think that you know we can all we we've, we've moved you know thousands of people a year, and and uh, you know I, I would rather you write this check out to your favorite 
charity, which I knew was the Tim Tebow Foundation. So uh, at the end of the move, wow. um, we just kind of decided they're they're very uh, they're very Christian family that just treated our guys right. you know tremendously well. And and uh, I made that one kind of you know um, I don't know I guess it was just kind of a game time decision at the end of the at the end of the move and. And, uh, and and now that I think about it, I think it was like a twelve or thirteen thousand dollar move. And um, wow. Gary's wife started started crying. She was like, hey, why, "Why would you do this? I can't believe that you would, you know, you would work all this you right. know, for the last four or five days with us and then donated all the charity." Just you know, um, so we 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 connected over that, and and um, you know, about a year later. Uh, Gary and I had kind of become pretty good friends through, you know, over that year. And he was like, man, wow. we've got to bring this, uh, this moving company to my home state of Ohio. So um, about a year and uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, we opened our Columbus market and right. now we're in Columbus, Cincinnati and Cleveland. And uh, Gary LeBox is my partner in all three of those markets. That's amazing. What a yeah. great story. It's really, it's, it's, it's a yeah. fascinating story. So did, did you know early on, Dustin, I mean, like, I mean, was franchising a, a model that you thought of early on? I mean, when you started this whole concept, or did did it just kind of like evolve into saying, you know what, I, I got yeah. this system here, I could franchise it? You know what, it's it's kind of a it's kind of funny uh, you ask that question because I to be to be completely transparent, um, I, I never wanted to franchise. I'm kind of a right. control freak and. In the sense of, um, sure. you know, my brand, and this is like my baby, you know, that right. we've created and that I, you know, we, we uh, you know, we work very hard to build, you know, the best reputation, you know, in our right. industry and in every market that we're in. And this, the thought of me kind of putting that in somebody else's hands made me very nervous in, in the beginning. And, and really, sure. so, you know, we, we'd kind of been approached with it. Um, but uh, some, a, a buddy of mine that, uh, that actually, his name is Jason Anderson. He's he's the uh, president of Accurate Franchising, and this was kind of the same team that had taken, you know, like your Tim and the Truck brand and things like that, um, right? Uh, you know, to 350 locations, and you know, I guess the more I learned about the franchising model and, and kind of the mm-hmm. control we had just to, you know, hand select um, our franchisees and, and you know do our due diligence and make sure that these were people that shared, you know, the same values as we did and that, you know, the same, same ethics and, and the same passion for creating, you know, this incredible experience for, for people, you know, on, on one of the most stressful days of their life. And, of course. you know, that's kind of where we, we started. We, we, um, you know, I, we ended up franchising the, 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 uh, brand back in, I guess it was like, um, April, uh, April and May of, of last year, okay. and um, we we just I mean it was it was amazing to me. With I mean, we haven't even started advertising yet, even to date, uh, but it was amazing to me that the, the people that were interested in it, and it wasn't you know we weren't we weren't getting online leads and talking to strangers. These were influencers and owners of you know major real estate companies. Um, wow. You know other other celebrities and and uh, entrepreneurs that you know that I I've known just uh, you know just from being through you know going to different events and speaking at uh, right. different events and um, you know it, it just obviously it made me feel good to to know that uh, you know all of these other people are getting as excited as I am about you know a, a mission and, and you know uh, 
to deliver this experience and, and, and uh, kind of, you know, try to revolutionize this industry a little bit and bring it up to speed because it is a dinosaur, you know, it has been for a long time. And uh, so, yeah, we're just, we're completely, um, you know, just at awe and, and, and blessed uh, you know, to have all these people interested in, in such a, in such a short period of time. And, um, you know, now that we've, now that we're there and now that, you know, I'm, we're, we're in this franchise model. I, I can't imagine not ever, you know, can't imagine not doing it because uh, we've just, we've been, uh, we have incredible people involved from, you know, our, our Atlanta franchisee owns Keller Williams and, and uh, the state of Georgia. Uh, so you can imagine big real estate owners are, uh, you know, franchise owners are now buying our moving company to plug into their business as an ancillary business. And they already own the, the best, you know, leads that we could, pay for online or or go and, uh, you know, go and get, um, you know, just through grassroots marketing. So, um, you know, everyone from them, Luke Pell is a, he's a kind of celebrity country music artist. He partnered Mm -hmm. with the owners of Keller Williams in Kentucky and they bought Lexington and Louisville. And, um, we have, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. And, and I think that if I would not have franchised, you know, um, and, and kind of let, let my, uh, let my uh, control get the best of me, right? Right. right. Um, and not just, you know, entrust in other people that that we, you know, saw saw something in, um, because that is one thing. I mean, we're not out just giving franchises out to everybody that that sure. uh, that has the money to buy one. You know, they this is um, we hand select these folks, and and we really want to uh, to make sure that they have, you know, the the ingredients to to be successful, and and um, you know, also just you know, they, they have the passion and, and the ethics, you know, that we that we kind of hold ourselves to and all of our movers to because, you know, we know that everything, you know, that leader and everything that they do in their in their particular market is going to bleed down through the movers and and uh, we just, you know, we think it's incredibly important that uh, these franchisees are just the, the right people, right? Of course, yeah, and it sounds like that's what you look for, Dustin. You know, when you're meeting with someone, you know, as as the franchise continues to grow, and you're you're going to be meeting with a lot of prospective franchisees. It sounds like you know, it, in, in talking to you, you know, that ethics is pretty much at the top, isn't it? You know, uh, when, when you say, okay, this person's going to be a good match for black tie moving, aren't they? Correct. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, the trust level has to be very high, and um, sure. you know, it's it's. It, you know, it's very easy to kind of fall back into, you know, it's easy to do what's easy. Sometimes it's not always easy to do what's right. And we right. want people that are going to do what's right, not just for their their profit margin and their bottom line, but for our consumers when something goes wrong and hold, you know, themselves accountable whenever they make a mistake. Because I think that that's probably, you know, we're, we're in the moving industry, right? Accidents are going to happen. Sure. It's, it's inevitable. Right, it's like course. saying every car is going to get on the road today and, and there's not going to be an accident that happens. So I think that, right. you know, it's obviously, um, you know, being very proactive and, and planning, you know, having a solid plan that protects the consumer when, when accidents do happen, um, like, you know, providing adequate insurance for, for our, um, our customers, you know, before their move instead of just, you know, sticking them with the 60 cents, 60 cents per pound, which, you know, the government says that we have to provide them. Um, right. Which which isn't a whole lot, as you can imagine. It's it's basically right, right. You know, if you pay five thousand dollars for a you know a TV that weighed a hundred hundred pounds, they're going to give you sixty bucks for it. So as I you see. can imagine, consumers aren't real happy whenever that 
that kind of, of thing happens. So, um, you know, it's, it's a lot goes into it on the front end, just making sure that they're all packed and padded correctly. But, you know, we only have about an 8% damage rate across the board uh, out of all of our moves, in which the industry standard is three to four times that. So, you know, it's a little easier for us to, you know, to make the customer happy and just do what's right, even sometimes when they're not right. We still want to right, make them happy. Right, of course. You know, w- without, without being, you know, unless we, we see that they're trying to, you know, you know, take advantage of us, uh, obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. there are, there are, it's a case-by-case basis. But I think, you know, there, there's, there's no better advertising than being undeniably great at what you do. And, and we are moving experts. Um, but, you know, we're really a customer service company that just happens to move people. You know, um, I think that, you know, it's, it's, um, it's just really what sets us apart. You know, uh, we're, we want to invest in, in the men that, you know, are, are, are performing, you know, your, your move. And, and we knew that we'd have to come in and, and, you know, recruit and, and pay a lot more and, and maybe even charge right. a little bit more. Um, sure. In the beginning we, we did charge a lot more and, uh, you know, we, we were kind of just that luxury, you know, moving company. But um, after about the first year, I figured out a way to make it affordable for everybody because, at the end of the day, everybody deserves this level of service. I don't care, you know, how poor or rich you are. Um, right. You know, if you can afford a professional moving company uh, that has their license and insurance, you know, you can afford black tie. So we're not, you know, more expensive than the, you know, than any of our competition, um, you know, that, that is licensed and insured and, and has, you know, at least decent reputations. We're, we're within about 10% of our pricing. So, you know, I think that <clears throat> building this, building the value up and, and, you know, all the value that we add to, you know, these homeowners, you know, and when they see our name, they kind of almost expect us to be more expensive, right? Right. And when they, when they understand that it is affordable for them, you know, it really just gives us a, you know, a big advantage, obviously, when competing against um, the competition in any market that we're in. That's great. How does the so, training work, Dustin? I mean, do they typically come to headquarters for that? I mean, once you decide they are a match and, you know, yeah. they can become a franchise, they come down to headquarters. How does that work? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty extensive. And we'll go back to, to uh, me just kind of being a control freak, if you, if you will, <laughs> I, and not controlling the franchisee, but, but I, right. I really wanted to give them the ability to, uh, you know, it's not – it's typically not – something that any of my franchises, as a matter of fact, none of my franchises have, have had any moving experience prior to, to buying ours. Um, you know, we bring them in to our office for one week, and then um, we take them through a classroom training with their operations managers, um, obviously the, the owners, um, if that is a, you know, a, a different person, so to speak. So, you know, we bring them in here for a week, then we go to them for a week um, on the front lines. And, you know, we also, when we have a network, we have about 700 movers that work for us nationwide. So what we've been able to do is kind of, you know, pull some guys from different markets to go help them get started and help them get trained uh, on, you know, help them train their guys in the local, um, on, you know, at the local level. And, right. uh, you know, our, the, the model that we built, you know, Marty, I worked 18 hours a day for about two years, I think uh, wow. it felt like that anyway. Um, right, right. And, and I spent so much time, you know, I was the sales guy. I was the, I was the business development guy. I was the, the, you know, mover manager, the dispatcher, right. the, you know, customer service, you know, person. I was, I was everything. 
and it really, um, you know, it, it took up a lot of time, and it didn't give me a lot of time to work in my, or it didn't give me a lot of time to work on my business because I was so busy right. working in my business. Right. And that's what I, you know, whenever we built, you know, out our corporate locations, we already had a call center that was basically, you know, handling all the sales, customer service, compliance, um, all the things that really, you know, uh, that take, you know, take a lot out of your, your day. I mean, it's hard sure. to be out doing, you know, quality assurance and quality control whenever you're having to answer sales calls and uh, or customer service calls. So, you know, what's going to happen is inevitably if you're trying to do both at the same time, you know, you're going to suffer because your, your customer is going to suffer from a customer experience and, and service perspective. So what we've done is we've built a corporate call center that literally – we do everything from um, help. We generate the lead, we we estimate the lead, we close the lead, and we put it on their calendar. So our franchisees really don't pick up the ball and, until the move has been booked and uh, they're ready to make their confirmation call the day before, and then send their movers out to actually execute the move on moving day. Um, so that's the that's the real differentiator that right. we do and the level of support that we give. Um, uh, you know, I guess just compared to any other franchise that, that I know sure. of realistically. Uh, these, um, every, every time a, a move is booked, they pay $35. That covers their salesperson, their customer service throughout the lifetime of the move or after the move. Um, it covers their compliance. And, um, you know, obviously we have a, a large team with, man with, with sales managers and, and things like that that, um, you know, make sure all the details are correct and, and that, you know, they're really just setting up our operations team for success. So, you know, we really want our franchisees to focus on, you know, three things um, primarily on, on the front lines. We want them to focus on, obviously, recruiting movers, quality control, and business development. And we, re we really kind of take the rest you know, off their plate on the front end. Now, of course, they have a little, you know, business administration on the back end, um, right. but that stuff's pretty easy with the technology that we have today. So um, we're a digital company, we're paperless, and, and um, you know, once, once those moves are complete, uh, it, it really just kind of everything gets time-stamped uh, and, and goes into their back office to where they can just kind of print out a report and do payroll and, and obviously match up uh, the accounting for the day and things like that. So... We've, we've tried to make it as easy as we possibly can on them so that they can work on their business and, and you know, building, building our brand through community, you know, outreach and, and business development with real estate partners and, and things like that. Um, that way, you know, and like I said, it worked. It's the same exact model that we had for our corporate locations, the same right. level of support that we show our corporate locations is the same level of support that we show our franchise locations. So there is, there is no difference terrific. whatsoever. Um, you know, and, and it's really just pass-through costs, that $35 that they pay. If you're doing 100 moves a, a month, you know, that's, that's you know, $3,500 a right. month that you're getting, you know, expert salespeople, estimators, customer service, and compliance. Um, you know, and 100 moves a month is a million-dollar business a year. So that's, that's um, you know, that's, that's pretty cheap for a sales team for a million-dollar a year right. business. Um, when, when you really think about it, especially when you don't have to pay for office rent or, you know, any of the phone utilities, any of that kind of stuff, you know, that's, um, it, it's a, it's a really good deal. 
That's a great model. So where do you see, Dustin, I mean, if you could look into a crystal ball, maybe, you know, three to five years down the road, I mean, where do you see black tie moving? Well, we, um, you know, I I would say that, you know, first and foremost, we we just want to be the best in in every market that we service. Um, You know, we've, we've been blessed to find uh, lots of, People that uh, you know, we, we sold and, and we rolled out twenty our first twenty four locations on on March first, or twenty four franchise locations on March first, wow. and we've got about fourteen additional locations uh, in escrow right now that um, that we are we are going to roll out within the next sixty days, um, and you know we, we've kind of taken a, a page out of the LeBron James Blaze Pizza model, mm-hmm. right? Um, with, with our celebrities. So, you know, in, in Ohio, Gary Lavox is the face of, of black tie moving. Um, I've got, I've got, uh, about, Oh, five other, uh, major athletes, you know, I've got the, the biggest face in ML and major league baseball right now that's coming on board. We're opening the corporate offices together. Um, probably one of the biggest faces in NFL, uh, several others in country music. So we've almost built a um, like a menu of celebrities to, right. to act as that celebrity face of the company that's basically just Great. recognizable in these markets. And what we do is we look for kind of like the hometown heroes, right? Uh, the right. Gary LaVoxes of Ohio, um, you know, the Mookie Betts of, of Boston. Um, right. You know, these guys that when we put their face on our brand, it's just throws gas on the fire and, and um, you know, it's, it's, it's really quite special. But, you know, we do think that, um, you know, when, when LeBron started kind of endorsing that, that franchise opportunity in a business that he already owned and supported, um, you know, that's when they, they blew up and I believe became one of the fastest-selling franchises in, in history. Um, I know Incredible. especially definitely yeah. in the uh, hospitality, you know, right. uh, world. So we, we've kind of, we're, you know, we started to do that. We're going to, we're going to roll out a program with about um, five major celebrity in, influencers that are going to actually become area developers. And they're going to um, basically be endorsing our business opportunity, you know, as, as, you know, with them, with their partnership, um, you know, this franchise opportunity to all of their fans, you know, across the country. So, you know, That's our goal great. for this year is, is, is 100 franchises. And I know that might sound crazy, but uh, I can promise you that um, uh, really, you know, without even trying, right. if you will, right, right. Um, you know, it's, it, you know we're, we're going to start, uh, start advertising about mid-year this year. And, um, you know, we're, we've got a pretty creative strategy as far as to, you know, go to market with our celebrities and them just kind of being the face and, and creating – videos and, and having them sell the opportunity um, from, you know, in their own words to their fans. Um, aside from that, we've got a lot of, uh, we've got a lot of support from the Keller Williams, you know, organization. Uh, we've got, oh, man, I bet uh, we'll probably have at least 40 locations that these, uh, you know, owners of the Keller Williams franchise will, you know, let's say in for Atlanta, for example, uh, that wow. will just go in and, and buy the moving company like they're, you know, like they buy a title company or a mortgage company to plug into their, their real estate business. So right. that's been huge for us, and, and it's really kind of caught fire amongst the, 
you know, the largest real estate companies and organizations throughout the country. Um, I, I do a lot of speaking and at real estate events and because I still train real estate agents and, and coach, coach them from the stage as far as how to build a big brand and, you know, how to, you know, create that, that raving fan experience, um, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's paying off. So I think that, you know, we'll continue to do all of those things, uh, you know, in the next three to five years, I, I would love to see us sell out and, and, you know, have 350 locations uh, across the country, but, you know, we're going to, we're going to take that day by day. And like I said, right. in, in, in our, you know, in, in our business, I, I just, I don't, I don't care about, uh, you know, I don't care about uh, being the, the biggest unless, unless we're the best, if you will. So, That's you know, I great. think we'll let, we'll let kind of our, you know, we'll let these, this first year kind of tell us the story is what we can handle operationally because what I don't want to do is oversell and under support. So, of course. you know, that's, that's right. very important to me. And I want to, I want to deliver every single one of our franchisees the same, you know, experience that, you know, that similar to what we do our customers or what we do our referral partners in the real estate industry. You know, it's all about creating a great experience for them that they can win in and, um, you know, that, that allows them to duplicate what we've, what we've already done. And, and, uh, you know, our, our website and our web presence is a big, big part of that. Um, I kind of touched on before that we were, uh, you know, kind of a customer service and digital marketing company that just happens to move people. But, uh, we've, we've got partnerships with like the Tennessee Titans, with the official moving company, the Titans of the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, we're wow. bringing on several other major league, um, Ball teams this year in the uh, in, in Major League Baseball and, and also in college football. So we don't we not only um, you know we not only act as like a sponsor you know for these organizations, but we're actually there are customers too. We're providing them all of their logistics needs. So hauling their equipment from to away games for the Titans or you know um, you, you know any of these college teams uh, you know they they have logistical needs too, and it's. You know, it's really right. amazing, man. If you'd have told me five years ago when I started this thing that, um, you know, I would be working with my, you know, my favorite baseball players and my favorite country music <laughs> artists and, and my favorite uh, sports teams, you know, through through this moving company, you know, I would have, I would have probably laughed and told you you were crazy. But, um, but it's happened and it continues to grow and and I think that as this as this uh, franchise gets crowdfunded through celebrities and these, these major, you know, corporate partnerships and sports marketing partnerships, you know, I, I think just really the sky's the limit. That's amazing. What's the best way uh, for our listeners, Dustin, to get more information on Black Time Moving as, of course, the service and, and even more specifically the franchise opportunity? Any websites that we can direct them to? Absolutely. Yeah, so it's just www.blacktimemoving.com. Uh, okay. You can go to that page and it'll have a franchise with us tab that you can get more information on the franchise. Um, if um, we also have blacktimemovingfranchise.com that they can, they can visit and get a little bit more information uh, on the actual franchise as well. But what we've done is really made this an affordable franchise for, for any, anybody that's looking you know, um, into going into business for themselves or you know, retiring from corporate America like I did and kind of going out, out on a limb and uh, you know, opening my own business. We've, we've really put the blueprint and the model together for you to where you just have to plug into the system and you know, join the family and, and you know, we kind of hold your hand the, the entire way. We're not one of those franchises 
um, that you know is going to sell you a business and then uh, you're on your own. You know, we're we're one big family here, and we're here to you know support our our franchisees, um, you know, the entire way. That's fantastic. I've really enjoyed talking to you today, Dustin. You know, I, I, as I mentioned, I've done like about 650 interviews, and, and, and this has become one of my favorites. So I want to thank you oh, for thank coming you on the so show much. today. And, uh, and I'd I like really to appreciate you back you in the future me. as you continue to grow. Thanks, Dustin. It's great to have I'd you on the show. We'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over eight years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com. Or you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Need a business loan? Talk to Diamond Financial Services, the experts in franchise financing nationwide. Whether you're looking to start a franchise, acquire an existing franchise, or expand your territory through opening new locations, Diamond Financial stands by your side start to finish. From pre-qualification to packaging and presenting your application to securing a financial commitment and through the loan closing process, Diamond Financial is there. While you're waiting, thousands of others are making their financial dreams come true. Don't wait any longer. Pre-qualify now by completing a confidential, no-obligation financial analysis. Let's face it, traditional banks just aren't in the business of financing small business. At Diamond Financial, we specialize in securing franchise loans from $100,000 to $3 million and equipment leasing up to $150,000. Let us help you get started. Go to www.franchisefunding.net or call 877-508-2274. That's FranchiseFunding.net, 877-508-2274. Today's great quote in franchising is being brought to you by... Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. 
Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting Franchise Interviews many years now, and during that time we've had some incredible quotes on our show. Today's Great Quote in Franchising podcast comes from Mary Jane Riva, the CEO of Pizza Factory. And Mary Jane gave some great advice. You know, one of the questions we frequently ask on the show when we have someone like Mary Jane is what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? And she said that you should look under the hood. And you know, I thought the, her advice was very original, but you have to listen to the podcast to find out why. So here we go with Mary Jane Riva, CEO of Pizza Factory. Hi, franchise. You know, we've been doing the show such a long time now, and and one of the yeah. the biggest things we've learned is that you know a lot of our listeners and their quest to buy a franchise, they don't know where to begin because, like you were saying earlier, there, there's so much out there today. You know, I mean, there's just yeah. so much to choose from. Most of them don't even know where to begin. It just becomes overwhelming. Yep. You know, from everything you've learned, you know, up to this point, what advice would you give to our listeners? Well, the first, there's a couple things, and one that as we're going through this journey ourselves from being a franchisee to the franchisor, it's understanding the roles of the franchisor versus mm-hmm. the franchisee. That's a really big, important, really what is the role that you're playing versus a franchisor. And then when right. you're looking at brands, the other thing for brands to me is is really looking under the hood. Don't just sure. look at all the stuff on the surface. Really dig down. Uh, see what extra charges there. You know, are they marking up stuff? You know, really evaluate a brand to a brand and not just the fluff kind of stuff that you see on the top. And it's a lot of due diligence. Right. But, you know, ask, ask the questions that are, that are going to be once you're in there. You know, are they marking up the food product? Are they marking up advertising materials? You know, what, what are you paying? So really, really dig down and ask um, a lot more questions. And right. I, would talk to, I would talk to a lot of franchisees that are in the system and see how they feel about the franchisor and the, the brand itself. I would do a lot of due diligence with franchisees because they're the ones that are going to tell you. Right, absolutely. I love how you said look under the hood. You know, as I mentioned, doing the show such a long time, I've never heard that analogy before. I think that's very clever to look under the hood, you know, to go deep, you know, mm-hmm. inside and look what's under, not yeah. just what's on top. You know, we have this great quote in yeah. franchising. I'm going to put that one in there because uh, I, I, I think that's fantastic. You know, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, Pizza Factory, I mean, you have a lot of franchisees you can call, right? I mean, I think you're up to, is it over 100 yes. franchisees now, Mary yes. Jane? So there's yeah. plenty of people, We've got you know, some that... that have- 
Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I was going to say we oh, we have them. They've been in the system for they've been in the system from 30 years. We have franchisees, you know, that have been in that long, and we have them that are just getting on. So there's a wide range. So and you want to hit right. all those. You know, you want to hit the newbies. You want to hit the older ones. You want yes. to want to get their feel of what's been going on and how they've been treated. And but, but yeah, it's there's a lot of people to call. There's a lot of people to ask. There's a lot of different town sizes. So when you're doing mm-hmm. your due diligence. Right. You know, really, really, really get out there and, and dig deep. If you'd like to hear that whole interview with Pizza Factory, all you have to do is go to FranchiseInterviews.com, go to our Franchise Interviews by Category page, and click on Food Franchises. Blog Talk Radio. Today's Franchise Interview shout-out goes to the Source Direct. Source Direct is an inventor's one-stop shop. SourceDirect eliminates the disconnect in dealing with different companies from each phase of development and marketing. Instead, SourceDirect can manage every stage of the process from the drawing board to the customer. Go to thesourcedirect.net and find out how you can get started. That's www.thesourcedirect.net. Franchise interviews. From Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 10 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs of all in one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. We're meeting with Nick Friedman, the founder and president of College Hunk, hauling junk and moving franchise opportunity. And College Hunk's hauling junk is the fastest growing junk hauling and moving franchise in America. College Hunks Hauling Junk has been named one of the fastest growing companies in America by Inc. and has made Entrepreneur Magazine's list of top franchise opportunities for five years in a row and counting. We're going to talk to Nick about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. The Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity. Are you looking for a unique and lucrative franchise opportunity? If so, take a look at Stone Coat. With a patented process which creates a true stone finish on almost any wall or ceiling, Stone Coat is a true game-changing product in the multi-billion dollar construction industry. Stone Coat is applied faster, cleaner, and cheaper than conventional quarried stone, which saves both time and money. With advantages in remodel and new construction of both residential and commercial projects, Stone Coat is a true crossover product. The Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity provides a low startup cost, low operating expenses, comprehensive training, ongoing support, and no royalty payments. For more information on the Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity, go to www.stonecoatfranchise.com. That's www.stonecoatfranchise.com or call us at 972-380-2700. That's 972-380-2700. Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept? 
or grow your franchise business. Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free, no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 10 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs one one I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. We're meeting with Nick Friedman, the founder and president of College Hunks Hauling Junk and Moving Franchise Opportunity. And College Hunks Hauling Junk is the fastest-growing junk hauling and moving franchise in America. Hi, Nick. How you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great, Marty. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure, Nick. I feel like I know you, you know, because I've been following your franchise for such a long time now, and I think it's such an amazing story. We would like to ask our guest, where are you calling from this morning, Nick? Uh, I'm in Tampa, Florida, sunny Tampa, Florida, which is uh, the home of our uh, franchise headquarters and, and national call center that uh, books all the uh, appointments for our franchise owners. Oh, fantastic. Is it hot down there today, Nick? You know, it's hot and muggy, and then it rains yes. uh, about midway through the afternoon every day. It's kind of typical Florida, Florida summer. It is. That's fantastic. I was saying earlier, Nick, I mean, this is, you know, it's a great story. I mean, you know, when we're talking about college hunks hauling and junk, I mean, you can really go back to, you know, the beginning, you know, and, and your friendship that you had with uh, Omar. Um, you know, maybe we could talk a little bit about the history of college hunks hauling and junk. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my business partner and I actually went to high school together. We met in the 10th mm -hmm. grade, actually in detention of all places. And uh, we were always brought up to kind of follow the traditional career path. You got to get good grades. You got to get into college. You got to get a degree and, and get a job. And so we, we did manage to get into college. And the summer before our senior year of college, we were back home for summer vacation. And Omar's mom had this beat up cargo van from her small furniture store. And she told uh, yeah. Omar and I that summer, 
you know, why don't you guys go do something with this? So we were sitting around the living room table just trying to come up with ways to make the phone ring, and uh, we said, hey, well, what about college hunks hauling junk? And we all just kind of busted out laughing at first. And then we right. looked at each other and said, you know, that's got kind of a catchy ring to it. So we, we put it on computer printout flyers and put it around the mailboxes that summer. And people had a need for the service. They thought the name was catchy. Uh, so is. that's kind of how the uh, the original idea was born. And then obviously a, a significant uh, amount of uh, events have taken place since then. We, we went back to school our senior year of college and, and wrote a business plan and won first prize out of about 150 entries. So it gave That's us a little great. more confidence in the idea. And right. then uh, when we graduated from college, we, you know, we got corporate jobs, uh, felt pretty unfulfilled with it, and said, you know what, let's make this a full-time gig. So we've been doing that uh, ever since. That's fantastic. How do you typically describe uh, College Hunks hauling and junk uh, franchise to a prospective franchisee, Nick? Like if you were at a franchise show, you know, and someone came up to your booth, I'm sure you get the question a lot. How, how do you typically respond? Sure. So basically at the surface level, we provide trucks and we fed labor to Mm -hmm. homeowners and businesses that need stuff moved, either need stuff hauled away to be properly recycled, donated, or disposed of, or to be actually packed up and and moved, uh, you know, across town or or across state. Uh, So basically at the surface level, we are a moving and junk removal service. Uh, But, you know, beneath the layers, we we describe ourselves as a very purpose-driven, values-based, and socially conscious organization. So Right. We're not just moving people's stuff, but we're moving people's lives. We're making a positive sure. impact in the lives that we touch. Uh, we're building leaders and the young men and women who we hire, you know, the, the college folks that uh, are doing the heavy lifting. So our franchise owners are very much like the professors or the coaches. Mm-hmm. There, there's a mentorship component uh, to the people that, uh, that they're bringing on board. Uh, and then we're very socially engaged in terms of uh, we actually donate to Healthy Meals to uh, Feeding Children Everywhere uh, organization for every completed wow. move or junk haul. Uh, So what that does is it really creates a level of community engagement, franchise owner engagement, and then employee engagement uh, and loyalty uh, that allows the business to really stand apart. So it's a bright and colorful brand. It's a catchy, quirky Mm -hmm. name. It's bright colors. uh, But behind that is is really a service experience that creates a level of loyalty uh, in the community for our franchise owners. So that's really how we would uh, describe it to a prospective franchisee. It's a fantastic service too, Nick. I mean, it's very important. I mean, you know, from what I understand too, I mean, it's been a while since we've moved to Pennsylvania. It's been about 12 years now, but you know, it, mm-hmm. it's a very stressful situation, isn't it? When someone's moving, isn't it? I know it's like in the top, isn't it? Like as, as far as stressful <laughs> situations. It, it is. So moving is actually number three next to death and divorce as one wow. of the stressful life events. And so we have a very lofty opportunity to remove that stress from the people that they're moving. Right. And in many cases, where somebody's moving, there's also in some cases of death or divorce involved or maybe a downside yeah. situation. And so, uh, you know, there, there's a great opportunity there. Also clutter and junk that piles up in people's homes that we also remove. You know, that's been shown to create anxiety and stress right. uh, with, the, uh, with, with the homeowners or the businesses. So you see the relief on people's faces uh, when, when your team clears out their garage. Now they can park the, uh, the car in the garage uh, again, so uh, you know, I, I mentioned at the beginning, you know, when we just started with a beat up cargo van, we now have over yeah. 100 franchises around the country, and wow. uh, it's, it's it's really uh, amazing to see the impact that it's uh, that it's had for our, our you know communities, our clients, our, our franchise owners, and and our team members. We had um we had Michael Gerber on our show three times in, mm-hmm. in over 10 years, um, Nick, and and I know he it, has he been an influence on your franchise oh, and your goodness. life as well. Absolutely. So uh, when we first started the business, we were doing all the work ourselves. We were making all the typical mistakes that an entrepreneur makes. And so we were driving the truck. We were answering the phones. We were hauling the junk. You know, people would – we had the 800 number routed to our cell phones. 
So people would right. call the 800 number to complain about erratic driving, and I'd be the one in the driver's seat, you know, answering the phone on the other end, apologizing, saying, you know, we don't condone that type of driving in our company. We tell those guys to be <laughs> safe on the road. So we started burning out, and one of our mentors recommended right. Michael Gerber's book, The E-Myth Revisited. Yeah. We read the book, and it was like a lightning bolt hit us. You know, we needed to start working on the business, not in the business. We needed right. to start creating systems and processes. So we could have a, a second truck, let alone one day a second location. And that was really the framework and foundation for us to be able to franchise our business. Right. Uh, and actually, uh, you know, we, we had the uh, opportunity to meet Michael Gerber at a, 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 a Inc. Magazine conference a few years wow. later and, uh, and and made a connection there. And actually, he, he authored the foreword for the book that Omar and I co-authored, oh, wow. Effortless Entrepreneur. Uh, so we were able to get uh, our, our sort of uh, inspirational mentor uh, to, to even write the forward for our book. So that was pretty cool. So, yeah, he, he's been a huge influence, obviously, on the franchise industry, small business as a whole, but but certainly on our business, uh, uh, you know, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for, uh, for having read his book. That's fantastic. It's, it's amazing how often we've heard that story on our show in over a decade, Nick. You know, and I think actually this week, I think it's his 81st birthday. I'm pretty sure it's this wow. week. You know, I have it somewhere in my calendar. But he, he's, he's amazing, isn't he? I mean, he's an amazing man. I, I just really look, you know, admire him, you know, and just the impact that he's had on franchising in general, you know, I mean, particularly, you know, with, with college hunks hauling and junk, you know, so I, I think that's fantastic. How has technology played a role in your business? today, Nick? I mean, you know, like in the beginning, it was probably very basic as, as you were talking mm-hmm. about, you know, what role does technology play today um, in the franchise? You know, t- technology is actually a competitive advantage of ours currently. We've developed yeah. a proprietary software that makes it easier for the client to uh, schedule their appointment. They actually can, almost like an Uber-type feature, see where the trucks are and route to the uh, their home and, and gives them some, some uh, convenience and transparency elements to it. We have an awesome uh, routing and, and uh, a metrics uh, program within that, but you're right. When we started, it was a, a notebook paper and and, uh, and ultimately, right. eventually, an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, but we were, uh, you know, and, and actually, when we started, social media didn't even really exist, so you didn't have to worry about you know the right. engagement or at, you didn't be, have to be as concerned about online reviews. But now we've tried to weave in and and leverage the advantages that technology gives everybody uh, today, which is you know connectivity and and which is uh, convenience and, and access and, and uh, access to information. So that's really the way we've tried to leverage it, uh, and we've been able to leverage it uh, to our advantage uh, in, in the recent years. And we're going to continue to make that uh, a key driver uh, for our business so that we can separate ourselves from maybe the independent movers and junk haulers that might get started out there or even you know, our competitors in the, uh, in the franchise space. That's terrific. You've had a number of accolades over the years too, Nick. I mean, it's, it's a whole list, you know, to, to, to give all of them would be impossible. But, you know, I know, you know, you've been uh, voted the fastest growing company. Uh, you were in Inc. Magazine. Um, Entrepreneur Magazine frequently has you as, you know, like the uh, franchise opportunities um, in, in their publication. What is that all attributed to? You know, it seems like there's a culture too. Um, you know, at, at college hunks hauling and junk, I, you know, in studying the, the business model, would you say? Yes, absolutely. So so culture is critical to any organization, and, and we've been right. able to, I think, develop a really uh, world-class uh, organization that, that is, you know, creates a lot of vibrancy within it. And ultimately, if you can develop a great culture internally as an organization, your team members and employees are going to be happy. They're going to be delivering a positive experience for uh, the actual end user, the customer, and I think that's been kind of the critical piece to some of the different accolades that we received. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of, 
you know, buzz behind the story and, and, and magic behind the name and the color scheme, but because we can back it up with actual, you know, employee experience and customer experience, I think that's what's created some of the uh, the media attention, uh, some right. of the TV appearances and, and, and news right. articles that have uh, taken place over the years. Uh, there was another book we read early on called The Purple Cow uh, by Seth Godin, mm-hmm. and he talks about if you're driving down a country road and you see a, a field of brown cows, you keep driving because you've seen that before. But if there's a purple cow, you're going to pull <laughs> over true. and you're going to take pictures of it. You're going to put it on social media. You're going to tell your friends and neighbors about it. And right. so really what that means, he, he's saying you got to be remarkable. you got to figure out a way to stand out. So obviously with a name like College Hunk Falling Junk and the yes. colors of bright orange and green, the, the, the brand itself sizzles, but we've got to have some stake within that. And, and we believe our stake is the, the company culture, our core values, our company purpose. That, that gets people, you know, motivated to want to make our right. vision a reality and not just come in and, you know, for the junk haulers or the movers, just move people's stuff or uh, for, for our call center agents, just answer the phone. We want people to be passionate about what they're doing. Right. So I think those are the things that have set us apart in, uh, you know, in, in, in an industry, quite frankly, where, you know, anybody could grab a truck and, and put a logo on it. So we've right, got to really right. do uh, some intentional things to, to, to set ourselves apart. I think that's what's been the key. Your street, Nick, you know, one of the pieces of advice is, you know, we've been giving to our listeners over the last decade is, you know, to, to look towards the industry. This is a pretty big industry, right? I don't know what the numbers are, but are, are there any like numbers as far as how big the industry actually is? It is. So, so we've done some studies and, and found that the local uh, moving and junk removal industry uh, combined is, is approximately 11 to 12 billion with a B, That's billion incredible. dollars. And, uh, you know, so, so there's a lot of market share out there. There's really no major uh, 800-pound gorilla that, that owns a, a, right. a big chunk of it, uh, which is, main, you know, it, it's, it's, I think, a fragmented industry uh, that ha- does have a lot of mediocre uh, service expectations and right. service delivery. So that makes it ripe for opportunity. If you can, you know, provide a, a consistent brand experience, a consistent service experience, uh, you're going to create that loyalty. And I always uh, emphasize what I call the three R's, repeat business, referral business, and reputation online. And if you can really capture and and, and uh, master the loyalty from the community with those three R's, uh, the business is right. going to grow and flourish, and, and you're going to capture market share. So uh, we, we don't think we've even scratched the surface yet as a brand in the market that we do service, uh, but we do think there's a huge opportunity for us to do so in, in this industry. One of the questions I'd like to ask someone like yourself when we have you on the show, Nick, is, you know, what's been, and it's a tough question, one of the most interesting things that, that's happened to you since launching the business? I mean, I'm sure you have a hundred stories, so to narrow it down to one is probably pretty tough, but does anything stand out, you know, since you've launched it? You know, one of the most memorable moments was actually we appeared on the very first episode of the very first season of Shark Tank on ABC. Yes, I saw that. And uh, this was this was shortly after the recession, so we were still – you know, kind of grinding our way through it. We had maybe five or six franchises in our system, and, you know, the, the, the recession in the housing market had, had crashed, and so we were, you know, worried if we were going to be able to make it through. And uh, we had seen an ad in Inc. Magazine looking for people to pitch TV show or pitch businesses for a TV show. And so we went on there, and we were actually uh, at the time trying to figure out ways to, to you know, diversify our income stream. So we were pitching right. a sister company. We were going to call it College Foxes Packing Boxes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it was just an idea at the time, kind of silly, and in reality, it never ended up working. Uh, right, but right. one of the sharks, Robert, made us an investment. He wanted equity in college hunks as his collateral, and we yeah. made the hard decision to actually, actually turn down that offer. Uh, wow. and, and we didn't know what to expect going into the show because we had never seen right. it before. But, you know, what, what an experience to look back on and, you know, certainly memorable. It reruns every now and again on, on CNBC uh, on yes. their uh, 
you know, in their reruns. And so and that that was certainly stands out in my mind as one of those sort of like, you know, wow moments of, of business ownership where we were on national TV and it's a show now that's, you know, been hugely pop, become hugely popular. Right. Sort of, I think made entrepreneurship kind of at the forefront of, of pop culture. Yes. Uh, so, so that certainly stands out for me as, uh, as one of those sort of, you know, unique and, and memorable moments in, in our business's uh, history. What, um, you know, the majority of our listeners, we call them, Nick, we call them aspiring franchipreneurs. What types of characteristics do you look for in your franchisees? You know, uh, what I like to say is there's four F's when considering mm-hmm. a, a franchise, which is also, I guess, starts with a letter F. So, you know, there's mm-hmm. four F's that come out of a franchise. And I think this is what a prospective franchise should think of when they're considering what franchise they want to pursue. And this is, quite frankly, I think what franchisors should consider when they're evaluating a prospective franchisee. Uh, so right. the first F is fit, is fit. You know, do they mm-hmm. fit? In other words, do they have transferable skills that can make them effective at this business? Have they done anything in their prior professional uh, or personal lives uh, that would make them uh, be successful in this type of business? Uh, the second piece is the family side. In other words, does their family uh, support them in them pursuing this endeavor, right. whether it's their husband or wife or uh, uh, kids or, or parents? You know, do they believe in them? Because you don't want things to get tough in their inner circle to say, I told you so. You want them to you know, right. kind of cheer them on to get through it. Uh, the financial piece is important. In other words, are they capitalized yeah. to be able to invest in the opportunity, and do they have realistic uh, financial expectations? And then the last F is the fun factor. You know, can we have fun working with this individual? You know, franchises yeah. very much like a partnership, even though that's not typically called that. Uh, so you've got to have, you know, uh, an alignment of vision and values to be able to enjoy working together. So that's really what we look for. You know, we, we want people that believe in the secret sauce that we've already developed. Mm-hmm. We don't want somebody to come tell us that they think it should be done differently. Uh, we want them to tell us that they believe in, 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 in what we've created. And, and sure, we would, you know, want to continuously improve and encourage ideas, but uh, not, you know, we want folks that believe in the system and are going to execute the system rather than trying to shortcut success by doing it, uh, you know, doing it their own way. And I think that's, you know, really no different in our system than any other franchise uh, uh, model that, that is, uh, is going to be successful long-term. They need to really take into account those factors. That's, yeah, no, that's great, Nick. We have this uh, great quotes in franchising podcast. Anytime we hear, you know, Michael Gerber has been in there a couple of times, but we're going to put that one in there because I haven't heard that in, in, in over a decade, and I, okay. I think that's great advice to our listeners. It's really fantastic because it's true. I mean, you could really – your business, you could teach to anybody, couldn't you? I mean, pretty much, you know, it, but, you know, it's interesting in putting those factors in there, you know, like family support, you know, and even at fun, I haven't heard that, you know, but it should be an enjoyable business. And, you know, because it is a stressful situation for the customers, I guess you've got to be able to put a smile on your customer's face, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. And, I mean, you know, as you know, there's over 3,000 franchise opportunities out there. So, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to separate one from the other? It's, it's got to be something that you can enjoy. And I guess I'll grab another F out of there. I'm, I'm on a roll here. Fulfillment. You know, is, is it something that, yes. uh, you know, we're going to be fulfilled doing day in and day out? Because I think franchising is a lot, a lot like a gym membership. You know, if you join a gym and you've got fitness yeah. goals, you're getting access to all types right. of equipment, personal trainers, coaches, workout groups, but you still got to go and show up and do the work. So if you buy a franchise, you're getting access to the business model in a box. You're getting access to trainers, coaches, you know, fellow franchisees that you can, you know, hold each other accountable with, but you still got to show up and put in the effort to, uh, to execute that business model. So uh, that's where I think those, those factors come into play. Once you decide that, you know, you do like them, you know, and they like you, Nick, you know, and, and there is a fit, you know, what is the training like? I mean, do they typically come to Florida for training? How does that work? Yes. So we do a week-long training at our headquarters in Tampa, and it's very uh, interactive and, and hands-on and engaging. 
and it's really a train-the-trainer type model because most, I would say majority, if not all, of our franchise owners, uh, we never want them to really ever step foot on the truck. You know, they're working on the business from day one, not in it. So right. we want them to have the mindset of I'm, I'm, I'm hiring the college guys to do the heavy lifting. I'm training these mm-hmm. guys to be great representatives of my brand uh, when they show up into people's houses to move their stuff. Uh, so that's really the way our training is focused on is, is training uh, our franchisees to be mentors and coaches and leaders uh, that develop a team within their market to go and, and provide a great uh, experience for the customers. So the week-long training, uh, we start with just kind of an introduction to the brand and the culture, and then we go into mm-hmm. the technical things like hiring and training, marketing and sales, right. uh, the technical aspect of teaching their guys how to load and move items. Uh, and, and the IT side of the business and, and our call center and, and how they interact with, with that component of the business as well. So it's a week-long in-house, and then we actually provide field training within the first three months. We send out a, a ramp-up coach, we call them, uh, to spend two or three days with our new franchise owners to make sure their sales and marketing is, is, is tuned in properly to make sure they're right. executing the model that they learned at training. And, of course, we do ongoing coaching calls, webinars. We do an annual conference. Uh, we do other field visits throughout the year. So it, it really never uh, – training never stops. It's, it's, it's That's an great. Process. It's not an event. That's so important. You and Omar are, are working more on the business instead of in the business, but you, you know what a typical day is like because, you, you know, you were doing it for a long time, Nick. But what, how would you describe a typical day for a college hunks hauling uh, junk franchisee? So a, t- a typical franchisee uh, is, is, is going to be sort of the, like I said, the head coach or the general manager mm-hmm. of their team. So uh, right. they're going to get up in the morning. They're going to go to the office. They're going to print out the job sheets for that day, meet their crew uh, that morning, and, and give them their assignments for the day. So they'll give them the keys, okay. they'll give them the clipboard, and they'll give them the, uh, the job sheets. So the team will go out to do their work, and the franchise owner is then going to be, uh, you know, checking in with the, with the team throughout the day, but really uh, going out to try to build more relationships with real estate agents, property managers, uh, assisted living facilities, uh, channel partners that could use our service on a regular basis. So that's kind of the activities that we want our franchise owners doing is, is networking and building relationships. It's not a sales role because you're not selling something they need today, but it's really sort of a relationship building uh, role. And again, they might spend an hour during the day uh, recruiting and hiring more team members to make sure they keep the bench te- deep and keep uh, a field of A players uh, that they can train and, and send out to be the movers and haulers. So uh, really I would say uh, hiring and training and coaching is, is one key hat that the franchise owner uh, wears, uh, and then uh, networking and, and relationship building in the community is probably the other key hat that the, uh, the franchise owner wears, and, and that's what a typical day might look like, is sending the crew off to do their work uh, and then going out and building those relationships or, or recruiting more team members uh, uh, to, uh, to continue to grow with the business. That's terrific. I know you and uh, Omar do a lot of, you know, planning, you know, and, and, and you know, looking towards, you know, the future uh, of the franchise. What are College Hunks uh, hauling and junks plans for the future, Nick? I mean, where do you see the organization maybe three to five years down the road? Sure. Great question. So, you know, we expect to actually have more growth here in the next three years than it, we did in the first 12 uh, wow. And really that's a testament to our team and to our franchise right. that we have in the system. So we've got about 100 franchisees currently. We should have 200 within the next three years. Uh, and our system-wide revenue, uh, you know, currently is, is right hovering around $80 million for this year uh, or should be around $80 million for this year, which will translate to close an average of, per franchise of close to a million in, in top-line sales. Uh, wow. The majority of our franchise owners might own two or three zones. 
So we really right. want to drive our per unit revenue up to a million per zone. That's where we think we can get it uh, from an organic growth perspective. So, you know, that's really just the focus is continuing to invest in, in uh, brand development, continuing to invest in, in converting uh, the leads that come through, uh, and maximizing the service delivery. Uh, that's our vision. We don't want to get uh, uh, distracted with, with new shiny objects. We want to stay focused and, and continue to execute to maximize the, uh, the opportunity of the, of the model that we have in front of us. That's terrific. You must get the question a lot, too. You know, it, it's interesting because there's a story behind it, too, Nick, you know, and, and I'm sure you get the question a lot, you know, of, of working with Omar because he was your friend before all of this <laughs> actually happened, you know. What, what's that experience yeah. like, I mean, working with, with a, a good friend? You know, it is it is a blessing, a true blessing yeah. uh, that we've been, you know, best friends since high school, you know, and, and business partners for over a decade. And so I've known him for almost, you know, a little over 20 years. Wow. From time to time, we, you know, we were told that we bicker like an old married couple, but you know, that's because we've been, you know, with this business for so long. I think the key right. uh, for any any partnership has been that our vision and our values mm-hmm. have always been in alignment, and we've always that been able so to communicate that to each other uh, in, in a way where even if we disagree on, you know, a tactic or a strategy here or there, uh, we're able to communicate enough to get back and just, you know, get back to focus and get back to the vision that, and the path that we're on. So it's been a lot of fun uh, to be able to have that journey with somebody who started out as a friend. I know you, a lot of times you hear horror stories about right, family right. and friends that you know kind of break up due to the business uh, stresses that, that take place of entrepreneurship. Uh, but we've been, I guess, some of the lucky ones to be able to navigate through it. But I, I really do credit the vision and values being in alignment and the fact that we communicate so openly and trust each other so openly that you know we we've never had a. a a breakdown in those uh, in those key right. key pillars of the relationship. What's the, what's the best way for our listeners, Nick, to get more information on becoming uh, you know a franchisee or even the service in general for a college hunks calling sure. and junk? I mean, is there any websites that you like them to go to? Absolutely. So we have all of our information on collegehunksfranchise.com. That's collegehunksfranchise.com. And, uh, you know, we, we've got uh, some, some great reports that help uh, illustrate the industry and the opportunity behind uh, this business model. So uh, we'd love for uh, the listeners to come check us out. That's fantastic. I really enjoyed having you on the show, Nick. As, as I said, I've been following you, so I feel like I know you a bit, you know, and following <laughs> your franchise, you know. So it's a privilege and an honor for me to finally have you on the show. And, you know, I'd love to have you guys back as you continue to grow because I think you have a wonderful franchise opportunity. Absolutely. Marty, thanks for what you're doing for the franchise industry and appreciate the opportunity. Uh, You're welcome. It's been my pleasure, Nick. And we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes and Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand, the opportunity to take control of your future, and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry and there are Rita's in 23 states currently with 540 stores open. Rita's Italian Ice has been around for 25 years and is listed as a top-performing franchise by the Wall Street Journal. Now here's the really good part. 
Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. It's smoother than a snow cone, and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste, and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily, and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over eight years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising. For each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, Don and I have been hosting Franchise Interviews now for almost two years with 100 shows under our belt and during that time frame we've had some incredible quotes from the guests that have been on our show. If you're a frequent listener to our weekly radio show, then you know what fans Don and I are of the great Michael Gerber author of the very successful E-Myth Revisited and Awakening the Entrepreneur Within. What's even more amazing is how often Michael's name has come up from our guest in the past two years. So you're going to hear from the great Michael Gerber in just a moment. And for the first time on Blog Talk Radio, Franchise Interviews is giving franchisors a unique opportunity to sponsor our weekly radio show. You can have a professionally recorded commercial run on our live as well as archive shows. And here's a quick message from our sponsor and then again the great Michael Gerber. Enjoy. Franchise Interviews. For over two years now, Franchise Interviews has been giving you an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. And our weekly franchise radio show, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisors, franchisees, franchise authors, experts, and attorneys. And our free franchise news newsletter, which is a must-read for anyone looking to buy a franchise. And don't forget to listen to our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. 
For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Which, by the way, I'm now reading again for the second time. I recommend everybody out there. It's been a while since they've read the E-Myth to read it again. It's really a great little refresher because people seem to forget about things over time, Michael. I've got got guys, I swear, Don, uh, who tell me they pull out the E-Myth Revisited every year. One gentleman I spoke to, um, the founder of an extraordinary company, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, who's a franchiser. Right. He credits the E-Myth with the creation of his company, and he credits the E-Myth with the continued vitalization of his company and the growth of his company. They now have um, a few more than 300 franchisees around the world. Um, The guy is less than 40. He's the CEO of this company. He started by driving a truck, picking up junk, read the book, read the E-Myth Revisited, and suddenly saw the light. And the product of that is a company which last year did $147 million in gross revenue and has the expectation of reaching a billion in revenue in the next eight years. So the man's on path, and he takes the E-Myth out every year and reads it again and insists that every one of his management team reads the book. And in fact, I'm the keynote at his uh, annual event um, in March. So I'll be in Vancouver addressing 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Right, right. The show we had last week, Michael, with uh, the CEO and president of a franchise opportunity called Desert Moon, Gary Oki Grasso, he spoke, for, he spoke about you for like 10 minutes during the show. I mean, it's just amazing the impact that you've had in the franchise community. I mean, your well, name comes you. up every other show. Thank you. And you know, I don't know 90% of these people, so I hear, I hear be happy what guy, yeah. this guy says and this guy says and that guy. It's really quite extraordinary to me because I, I don't know these people. Exactly. I can't imagine, you know, what kind of fuel you have. I mean, I don't know how you go to bed at night, Michael. I mean, changing the story you told about, you know, the young gentleman, you know, being depressed and stuff like that. I mean, uh, the kind of fuel that you must get from that kind of situation must be incredible for you. It is. It's absolutely extraordinary, and um, life is simply um, an array of infinite options, and they're continually showing up. They're constantly, constantly, constantly showing up. I can't imagine how anybody could feel um, limited or um, deprived of opportunity when there is so much more opportunity than any single one of us could possibly deal with and i see it every single day in my mind there's one there's one there's one why doesn't anybody do that why doesn't anybody do that it's extraordinary when you begin to experience the entrepreneur within and anybody any single person on the face of this earth can experience it if they begin the process right and that's what i'm committed to absolutely and the title is great, too, Michael. You know, how you added, in addition to how ordinary people create extraordinary companies without any experience to guide them. You were one of those people. Um, I think you referenced Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, uh, Michael Dell. I mean, all these guys really didn't have this significant experience in business. It was all based on a dream or their imagination. Exactly. They had no experience in business. 
Bill Gates wasn't a business guy. Right. Bill Gates didn't work for a living. Bill Gates went to Harvard and then dropped out. Um, Michael Dell didn't have any experience when he started his business. Nobody, no great entrepreneur, has necessarily had any business experience at all. They simply imagined a result that they saw was absolutely needed in the world. And then they invented the answer to that problem in a, a business. Well, anybody can do that. Right. And in the book, Awakening the Entrepreneur Within, I take you step by step by step through the golden process mm -hmm. through which any company can be started from scratch in your garage. And I'm essentially saying, if your car is parked in your garage, move it out and start a business. Exactly, absolutely. <laughs> this like book of top, yeah, top entrepreneurs are never satisfied. I mean, in Chapter 3 of your book, I thought it was great. Uh, you, you talk about you woke up one day and, and you had nothing to do. Personally, I mean, that's my dream, to wake up one day and have nothing to do, but just for a day before I get back to business. But, uh, you know, of course, yourself being a top entrepreneur, you, you know, you just weren't satisfied with that. Uh, you know, you had to, you know, take that next step and, you know, and, and do something great again, and that's what you did, obviously, with this book. Yeah, well, and, and you've got to understand, when I say I had nothing to do, I had everything to do, but I didn't have to do it. Right. In other words, I didn't have to go out and earn a living anymore. True. But I do. I didn't have to go out and speak anymore, but I do continuously. I didn't have to go out and write another book. Uh, my books are among the top five business books ever published mm -hmm. in the world. E-Myth Revisited sells more books every year than it sold before. Wow. It's the most extraordinary phenomenon. So I didn't have to do anything. Franchise Interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews.